Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Podcast, one stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Give me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them that Locked On sent you. So we had some pretty sizable news in the NHL today. The Seattle Kraken have named their first head coach in team history, and it's none other than Leafs assistant Dave Haxtall. So congratulations to Dave Haxtall earning himself another head coaching gig in the NHL. And... Um, Well, clearly that leaves a void here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, you know, going to go ahead, talk about what void that leaves here for Toronto. And then I'm also going to discuss maybe some candidates that Toronto could be interested in. Uh, Possibly a couple guys from within the organization, a couple guys from the outside of the organization uh, who they could possibly bring in onto uh, Sheldon Keefe's bench. So... First and foremost, let's just let's just talk about what Dave Haxtall, uh, the, the reason why they chose Dave Haxtall and, and why Haxtall was the guy for uh, Seattle. Because, I, look, I don't think that Haxtall was necessarily like a guru of a coach, right? Like, he, he did help improve this team's defense, but as far as the penalty kill duties, which was his role... Um, it wasn't great. I think it was, what, 78% over the course of the year, uh, over the last couple of seasons for, for Toronto. So it wasn't fantastic. So what did they see in Dave Haxtell to make him the first head coach in history? Because this name was not floating around there. Like, it, it honestly, up until an hour before Seattle announces that Haxtell had the job, it, his name wasn't brought up once. You had guys like Tockett, guys like Gallant before he got hired in, uh, in New York. You know, like, there was just... A few other names that were floating out there, Haxtell was not one of them. So what led to him being the guy? Well, Ron Francis, the general manager and president of the team, said he wanted a veteran coach who's learned from his failure and past mistakes. So he felt that that Haxtell fit the bill. In terms of that, so former NHL head coach Czech spent three years with the Flyers, uh, had a winning record with them, went to the playoffs a couple of times, uh, had a 134, 101, and 42 record with the Flyers, then spent the past two years in Toronto as an assistant to both Mike Babcock and Sheldon Keefe. So keep in mind that he was a Babcock guy. He was brought in by Mike Babcock um, and Keefe. Kept him, kept him there. You know, allowed him to to stay on his staff, uh, which is also I think interesting because that means that Keith now will be able to go out and pick a a guy who he wants to be on his staff as opposed to being uh, given Dave Haxtall, who didn't do a terrible job, but just something worth noting. Um, so in terms of Haxtall, another reason why I think that the Kraken liked him as a potential coach for their organization is because of the situation that they're in. You know, 
they're going to be rebuilding. They're going to. They're not going to be Vegas. Like I don't think that they're going to have an amazing four-year run where they go to a few conference finals and potentially two Stanley Cup finals, potentially win the Stanley Cup in the first five years of their existence. I think a lot of teams have realized that they're better off just giving up whatever player they have to give up than they are giving up futures, first-round picks, um, unreal talents like guys like Tuck, guys like. Um, Shea Theodore and, and other guys who were first round, they gave up first rounders as well. And and I just don't think teams are going to make that mistake again. They're going to basically sit there and say, all right, you want to take uh, our, you know, Travis Dermott? Go ahead. Take Travis Dermott. We're not going to give you a third round pick so you take this guy's contract off our hands. We're not going to give you a first rounder so that you take this guy off our hands. Just take whoever you want and we'll deal with the consequences afterward. Um, and if that's the case, I don't think that they're going to be as good of a team at right um, out of the gate like Vegas was. So if that's the case, I think you want to get a coach who um, has success with younger people and has success with younger players and, and, and can help build a foundation and help these guys progress. And this this is Dave Haxtell's guy who came through the NCAA route. So he's got experience working with young men, young hockey players, and developing them into pretty good talent. So I think this is a big-time positive for an expansion team. He coached at the University of North Dakota for a decade. I think 11 full seasons as the head coach at North Dakota before making the jump to the NHL. And he developed over 30 NHLers in his time at North Dakota and turned them into like a top-end program. Names like Jonathan Taze, TJ Oshie, Brock Nelson, Troy Stetcher, former Leaf Matt Fratton was uh, developed by... Uh, Dave Haxtell back in, in in college at North Dakota. So I think that's a, another thing that is a big reason why they kind of eyeballed and circled in and zeroed in on Dave Haxtell. I think that NCAA experience and being a guy who's developed young talent, uh, young players into talented men uh, is something that they coveted. Um, something else I found was interesting, part of the press conference that Dave Haxtell had, he said that he went overseas and picked the brain of of um, Raquel Gromborg, uh, who is a, a coach over in Sweden, and says he wants to bring like those innovative ideas to North America. And I think that Ron Francis clearly values that type of innovation. Um, so I, I believe that that was also maybe like a selling point, the fact that he's not an old-school guy at all. He's clearly open to um, all different types of hockey, and I think that Hackstall, uh that's going to help the Seattle expansion team, the Seattle Kraken, as they try and find an identity. I think Hackstall's a guy who, you know, he doesn't have one specific way that he has to play. I think that he's a he's a guy who learns the game and keeps learning and developing himself as a coach and will try and adapt based on the personnel that they get in the expansion draft. Uh, and people wonder, like, where's the link here? Like, why, Dave Haxall came virtually out of nowhere. Everyone thought it was going to be Rick Tockett. How did Haxall become the guy? Where is the link between Ron Francis and Haxall? Well, um, back in 2019 at the IIHF World Championships uh, with Team Canada, Ron Francis was part of the the organization there, and then Dave Haxtall served on the bench as, as an assistant as well, and the team finished uh, with a silver medal in the World Championships. So that's kind of the link there. I'm assuming that's where they developed a partnership and a relationship and where... Uh, 
firsthand Ron Francis was able to get his hands and his eyes on Haxtell and see what he's like on the bench and how he interacts with team, you know, players and, and the team. So, uh, you know, Haxtell, I think, will be a, a decent coach for the Seattle Kraken. Um, and, uh, you know, good, good for him. Congratulations to, to Dave Haxtell. At the end of the day, that's uh, really good for him and his family, a really big opportunity, and he seems really excited to do it. So, you know, Toronto obviously allowing him to pursue a head coaching opportunity. Uh, so good for him. Um, but what that does do, obviously, from a lease perspective, is it it leaves a void on the bench, right? It totally does. Um, so with his departure, now we need to fill that role. And Hackstall was a guy who was a penalty killer and defensive specialist, ran the D, and then also did the penalty kill. So that's, that's the type of guy that Toronto's going to have to look for. So um, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll chat about maybe uh, some of the, the names available. You know, like the, the, the void's been left on the bench. I'll give a couple of names that I think could be good replacement candidates for Keith Staff. Uh, but before I do that, let's hear a message from betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code Locked On and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. And just a reminder that we still are a week daily show, Monday to Friday. Uh, so make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On Lease, wherever you get your podcast from, and get that daily Leafs fix. Uh, so Dave Haxtall, hired by the Seattle Kraken expansion franchise. One other thing before I get to the coaching hires or the possible coaching candidates um, through Haxel's departure is this coaching hire could also hurt the Leafs in, in one other way because if there's one guy who understands, appreciates, and values Zach Hyman higher than anyone, it's Dave Haxtell. Right? Like he relied on him as a workhorse penalty killer. Like he he knows the value, he knows the strengths of having a guy like Zach Hyman. And this is a team that's got a lot of cap space, obviously. They have all of their cap space, eighty one and a half million dollars worth of cap space, and fifty other contract spots that they can use to offer Zach Hyman a pretty big contract to lure him into um, into Seattle and be a big part of this team. And, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if if Zach Hyman could potentially be the first captain of the Seattle Kraken if that were to be the case. There's some talk about maybe T.J. Oshie could end up in Seattle. He's got some uh, ties with, with 
uh, Dave Haxel as well, obviously from North, the North Dakota days, and he could be another option if that does end up being the case. But, I mean, Zach Hyman, I think uh, an opportunity to wear a letter and make a, a boatload of money, which they'd be able to pay him with no problem at all, definitely will be able to pay him a lot more in Toronto will, um, is also something that I thought about and something that is kind of interesting to think about as uh, free agency looms about a, a month away. Zach Hyman still unsigned and now one of... Uh, you know, the, the, the least penalty-killing coach now off to Seattle to be the head coach. You might be looking in, in, into poaching a guy like Hyman who's about to hit the free agent uh, free agent wire. So just something to think about, too. Uh, another way how this kind of can affect the Leafs with this hire. But let's get to um, what Hackstall's departure uh, will do with this team and how that leaves a massive void on the Leafs bench. Like he ran the the Maple Leafs penalty kill and he ran the bench uh, for the defense and acted basically as like the lone veteran coach as a former head coach on the bench on a a young inexperienced rather inexperienced Sheldon Keefe and 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 kind of was a man that Keefe could lean on um, who who had experience. So let's unpack those three things a little bit separately. So let's start with the penalty kill. So Haxtell spent two years here in Toronto. um, And in the past two years, the least penalty kill was 78%. And that's 25th in the league. So it wasn't even a great power. It wasn't even a great penalty kill. So in a way, um, I'm not so sure that the that Hackstall systems were like uh, unreal and that that's going to hurt Toronto like if anything I think maybe they can get somebody else in here and try and rework this penalty kill and improve that because I mean being 25th in the league over the last couple of seasons is not really a, a winning recipe for success like the penalty kill outside of and especially especially if we're about to lose Zach Hyman, which is possible, the team's best penalty killer. You're going to need someone to come in who's going to be able to kind of um, instill a brand new system and get the most out of players, right? So that's that's something that Hacksaw does leave, though, is, is the penalty kill duties. So the next coach who comes in is going to have to be a penalty kill guy. Um, defensively, since he ran the, the D, we saw a massive improvement this year. Like, a really, really solid improvement over the last couple of years, I would say. You know, how much of that development is on Hackstall specifically? Like, I'm not exactly sure. But I think it's worth noting that he was the man at the helm, right? I mean, a guy like Justin Hall who took his game to the next level just so happens that it coincided with Hackstall being named uh, an assistant with the team and helping him get to where he needed to be. Along with, uh, you know, TJ Brody came over this year, which clearly helped improve this team defensively as well. So again, how much is it on Hackstall and how much of it is on the players themselves? But I think deep down you can look at the way that that this team was structured. And I, I think defensively they were a lot better this year than they were a year ago. So we're going to need to have somebody come in who can kind of mimic that a little bit or even improve it if possible and get this team uh, playing either as good or even better defensively. But the biggest loss to me, because I think that, you know, 25th ranked penalty kill, I mean, it's nothing to write home about. I think a, 
there's a coach out there that could do just that, if not better. And defensively, like I said, part of it is just the fact that the, the players got better. They got better personnel to improve that defense crew. So, you know, I think those two are somewhat replaceable. But the biggest loss that Hackstall will have on the bench, I think, is his, his veteran leadership. I think that's just going to be missed most. So, like now, Keefe, who's been an NHL head coach for a year and a half in, in two shortened seasons at that, is considered the veteran of the staff. And although I think he's been a quality coach, I think there still needs to be some more experience there. Right? And as of now, it's just Keefe. And then they have, um, uh, why am I blank? Manny Malhotra as like kind of their two guys on the bench. So let's take a peek at some guys who could potentially fill in as candidates to replace Hackstall. So I'm going to start with a couple of guys who could possibly fill from within. Because there's a couple of people that are are currently employed by the Maple Leafs organization who I believe um, could potentially fill in this this position. So let's start with Paul McClain. And if that name sounds familiar, um, he's currently a coaching assistant for Sheldon Keefe, kind of the eye-in-the-sky coach, jack-of-all-trades type of coach. Uh, But a former Jack Adams winner back in 2012-2013 with the Ottawa Senators. And that's probably why he sounds familiar. And if, again, you need to be reminded, okay, somewhat sounds familiar. I understand the name, but who who is he again? The guy with the mustache. Like, he probably is the most memorable mustache in the game since, like, Lanny McDonald. Like, he was the coach in Ottawa with the mustache, looked like a walrus. That was Paul McClain. <laughs> so uh, he, he's currently employed with the Maple Leafs and could be kind of filtered in as of now as the eye in the sky and put him down on the bench. Um, extremely, extremely uh, decorated coach, a guy who's been in the league forever. He is insanely respected around the game. Um, prior to last season, he spent the last couple of years in Columbus under John Tortorella as uh, an advisor to their special teams unit. So both the power play and the penalty kill, which obviously is special teams is a big deal when it came to uh, something that needed to be improved upon this year for Toronto. So I think Paul McClain, like that is something where if he can get his, his hands on, and I understand he was kind of an assistant and, and had, had some input and some say over last year, nothing changed. I think with him being the guy, maybe that could, uh, that could spark and allow him to, put his specific philosophies in place and his systems in place and maybe get the the PK going or maybe have some more input on the power play um, if Manny Malhotra would welcome it, I guess. And here's what Sheldon Keith had to say when he hired Paul McLean this year. He said, quote, Over nearly two decades as an NHL coach, Paul has filled every role on a coaching staff, winning a Stanley Cup and a Jack Adams trophy along the way. Adding someone of Paul's expertise and character to advise and assist our staff is something that we felt was very important as we seek to make tangible steps next season. So that's what he had to say last year before starting the season about hiring Paul McLean. So extremely glowing, very glowing, and like you said, filled almost every role in a coaching staff. So he could easily definitely come in and fill kind of that defensive PK duty assistant that we now need after losing uh, Dave Haxtall to the Seattle Kraken. So that's one guy that they could fill from within. It's, it's Paul McClain. The other guy is Rob Davison. And this name probably does not sound familiar to you. However, he is a former NHL defenseman. Um, 
how many years did he play? 219 games in the NHL, split between the San Jose, put a little bit for Vancouver, a couple other teams. Um, so he's got that NHL experience as a defenseman, played many seasons in the AHL, one played in Europe. Uh, he was a captain in his final year in the American League. Um, so he's got that playing experience as an NHL defenseman. So if you're looking for someone to run the D-bench, I think getting a former defenseman is definitely uh, a positive. Like, that's what you want to try and find. That's what you want to do because he's been there. He's done that. He knows what it's like to be a defenseman in the NHL. Um, and typically, you know, it's it's these journeymen that are, are often sometimes the best coaches because they spent so many years trying to perfect their craft because they didn't quite have the natural talent. They had to get there by being a, a student of the game. And that seems like something that Rod Dav- Rob Davison was in his years, in his playing years, because he immediately converted to, to coaching. Um, so he is currently with the organization as a Marley's assistant coach. He's been with them since 2017 and was hired by Sheldon Keefe when he was the head coach with the Marley's. Sheldon Keefe was the head coach. Kyle Dubas still the GM at the time. So Rob Davison is a Sheldon Keefe guy. He was part of that Calder Cup winning team in 2017. He's their defensive and PK guy, and that's exactly what the the Leafs are looking for. So if they're looking to fill from within, I think Rob Davison is really a, a candidate that will get some consideration. Let's take a look at the penalty kill and see what he did for the Marlies um, after he took over the penalty kill uh, for the Marlies. So in 2017, which is his first year in uh, in Toronto, he had an 88.9% penalty kill, and that was first in the league, and they went on to win the championship that year, won the Calder Cup. So that was year one. Year two in 2018, it went down to 81.2%, good for 14th in the league. So it declined a little bit with a similar uh, decor, but you know, still top half of the league. 2019, things kind of fell off the rails, and 77.7% penalty kill rate, which was 30th in the league, which is second last. I want to say I think it's 31 AHL teams as well. So second last in the American League. That doesn't sound great. Like, honestly, that doesn't sound good at all. But I dug into it a little bit, and it was like a completely new defensive core. Like, guys like Justin Hall, Travis Dermott, Callie Rosen, um, they were all kind of either graduated in, in Hall and Dermott up to the Leafs, or Rosen, who was traded that year as part of the Tyson Berry deal. And those are three, like, pillars of that defense for Rob Davison, for the Marlies back in 2017 and, and uh, as well as 2018. And they were replaced with guys like Keeble Hallman, Dushik, and Ruben, Schmaltz, Hollowell, you know, very young group who are still trying to learn the pro game. Um, and I think that's a big reason why they kind of declined. They didn't have the same players and they're still doing some growing pains and trying to learn the pro game. Because then in 2020, last season, you saw them jump right back up into the top half um, and improve immensely off the 2019. The same guys, Kiva Hame, Dushik, uh, Robin, Schmaltz, guy like Lilligren was was obviously a part of uh, part of the pack there. Um, Sandine played a little bit, and it improved from 77.7% to 82.3%, jumping from 30th to 11th in the league. So, I mean, that's pretty good, right? You see improvements from a coach, and he was able to to change things up, get guys in the right position, improve from 30th to 11th with virtually the same guys. Different different year, obviously, with it being COVID year. Um 
But still, you like to see that type of improvement uh, out of a coach. Also help develop guys like Justin Hall, Timothy Lilligren, Rasmus Sandin, Travis Dermott. You know, these guys who have taken big leaps in their games since coming to the Maple Leafs organization, and he's been part of developing them and pumping out these defensemen who are now making their waves with the big club. So I think that Rob Davison is uh, is another really quality candidate from within that potentially could make his way to the NHL bench on Sheldon Keefe's staff and kind of get reunited with Sheldon Keefe, whom, again, he won a championship with with the Marlies back in 2017. And also... He's a St. Catharines native, not too far away from Toronto, about an hour away. So kind of a hometown uh, hometown boy. And, and I think Rob Davison would be a, a quality, quality option. So those are the two guys from within that I think would be decent fits uh, to join Sheldon Keefe's staff on the Maple Leafs bench. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break. And when I return, there's a couple of guys from outside of the organization. One that's currently an assistant with another team and one that's currently a free agent just waiting to get an opportunity to coach again that I think might end up uh, as as possible candidates for this job. And we'll get to that right after a word from Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their how'd you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast, your daily Maple Leafs podcast, the only daily Maple Leafs podcast in all of the land. Uh, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. I am Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. Uh, We're going through some candidates here for the Toronto Maple Leafs as a potential assistance on the bench with Sheldon Keefe, uh, who now needs to go out and find another assistant after Dave Haxtall leaves for Seattle as they name him as the uh, team's first ever head coach in franchise history. So we already went through a couple of internal candidates with Paul McLean and Rob Davison. And now there's a couple of guys externally who could potentially be on the radar of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I would like to just say that I have... To be quite honest with you, like I haven't heard any names get put out yet. Um, this is what I think by doing my own research and just things that that kind of I believe to could potentially be uh, good options for the Leafs. You know, I haven't read this in any from any insiders or anything like that. So I'm not even I'm not even sure if any of these guys technically will be chosen. They could opt to go completely off the board, find a lesser known commodity, or bring in an up and coming guy whose name has yet to surface in any type of um, coaching ranks. They could pull somebody from the American League. They could pull someone from the ECHL, junior hockey. We really don't know. They could go anywhere. These are just guys that I've done a little bit of research that I've, you know, talked to some hockey people and that I believe would be good candidates uh, for the Maple Leafs. So uh, here are the outside external candidates who I think could be potentially um, could help 
with this bench. Uh, the first one I'm going to name is Mike Van Ryan, who is currently an assistant with the St. Louis Blues. He won a cup with them back in 2019. Again, former Leafs defenseman as well. And, uh, you know, currently running the deep bench and the PK for the St. Louis Blues. Known as an up-and-comer in the NHL coaching ranks and has actually interviewed for the Coyotes' vacant head coaching job uh, currently. And is, I believe he's actually considered as a favorite to land the position. But if he doesn't get it, perhaps the Maple Leafs could lure him into Toronto, basically making a lateral move, but if Toronto can give him a bigger platform, a bigger chance to win, maybe more money, since MLSC, very rich organization that owns the Maple Leafs. Um, also, you have to try and convince St. Louis to let them walk, to let them walk. Uh, I think that Mike Van Ryan would be a decent option, you know? So, that is one name as an outsider who I've potentially thought about as, a, as, a, as an assistant. I don't know if he'd be willing to do a lateral move, but you know, I was trying to think. Okay, who's a, a kind of a bigger name, uh, a, a defensive specialist uh, who could come in and, and help this team? And Van Ryan was one of those guys. But again, currently an assistant with the St. Louis Blues, so it would be tough to actually get him because not only does he have to want to come here, but the St. Louis Blues have to allow him to come here. And being a guy who's who's very respected in the league as an up and coming coach. It's probably very unlikely that St. Louis would let him walk, but you never know. You know, sometimes there's some animosity between, um, you know, coaches and organizations if they don't allow them to pursue other opportunities that that they like more. Uh, we saw this happen with Jack Capuano just last week with the Ottawa Senators who reportedly denied him a, an opportunity to interview for the Buffalo coaching gig. And now there's a rift there between those two. And I understand Mike Van Ryan uh, wouldn't be coming over as a head coach. So a lateral move, maybe you don't really get to interview for those as often. Um, but Hey, it's a name. And I think that it's, it's, it'd be viable because Toronto could afford to pay him. They could pay him whatever the heck he wants to lure him out of St. Louis, and he would be a good option. Um, just not one that I think is likely, to be quite honest. But one that is a little bit more likely, um, and his name's been tossed around quite a bit uh, over the last couple of years as a potential uh, coach with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that's Bruce Boudreaux. Oh, yeah, Brucey Boudreaux. And... Um, Look, he's been linked to them for the past couple of years. Uh, he interviewed for Balhalter's position last year when uh, Paul McLean, or not Paul McLean, rather, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, the assistant that was there that left uh, for a, a, a OHL head coaching gig. I, I'm blanking on his name, but... Anyways, uh, he interviewed for that job. Malhotra ended up getting it, but there was a lot of of people who thought that Bruce Boudreaux would be a good option because, well, much of the same reason why I think he'd be a good option this time around. I believe that Sheldon Keefe needs a veteran coach on his staff. So Bruce Boudreaux would be kind of that guy, a guy who has a lot of veteran experience as a head coach. He's been a head coach in multiple different places. He's had success. He's had some ups. He's had some downs. I think Boudreaux would be a pretty decent guy. Um, and he's somebody who has in the set in the past that he's not really interested in an assistant role. Um, he wants to be a head coach in the NHL. But I thought I read a report at one point that said, however, I would be an assistant with Toronto because I would love to coach in Toronto, his home team. And, like, let's let's make that happen. 
right? And I think it makes sense. If he comes here as an assistant, they have success, and then he can find a head coaching gig in a year or two when you know other teams are looking to, to fill positions. Now someone who's a little bit more of an active coach in the league, Bruce Boudreaux's name will come up and potentially end up earning himself a head coaching job uh, as well. So I, I think that Bruce Boudreaux would, would make some sense here as a veteran. Uh, the only place where it doesn't make as much sense um, is, you know, Bruce Boudreaux is not technically like known as a defensive aficionado, right? So when you're looking at filling this position specifically of Dave Hackstall, he's a guy who, again, ran the bench uh, for the D and also ran the penalty kill. Can Bruce Boudreaux do that? I'm sure he could. Like, let's be honest, I'm sure he, he very well could. Um, but is he is he going to be, like, the best guy for it? I, I, I'm not sure. To be honest, I'm not a, a, a coaching guru. I can't sit here and predict uh, which coach will be good in which role. Uh, but somebody who's been a head coach and has been in the league for so long, played in the league, very well-respected guy, I think he could probably do anything and figure it out. At the end of the day, or perhaps there's a, a, a possibility to kind of rejig the job description for Manny Malhotra. You know, I, I think Malhotra is a guy who struggled on the penalty uh, on the power play this year, coaching the power play unit. I think Boudreaux is a guy who would be more better to handle the power play than he would the defensive duties as the PK. And Malhotra was more of a PK guy. In his career, so let me make those switches, and then uh, maybe that makes a little bit more sense. But I, I, I don't know if you're going to go ahead and, and do all that, to be quite honest with you. So that's kind of the only thing with Bruce Boudreaux, and I wanted to include him because I believe there's a lot of people out there that automatically every every time there is a coaching discussion in Toronto, Bruce Boudreaux gets thrown out there as a guy who they believe is is a potential option for Toronto, and and he is, he really is. And, and again, I think the veteran leadership, him wanting to be here too, um, would would be big and and would go a long way, I would think, in an interview with Bruce Boudreaux. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get uh, get a chance to to talk about potentially being a, a, an assistant here. Um, but again, I'm not sure if it's likely because of just the the uh, the hole that we have on the coaching staff doesn't necessarily link perfectly with what Boudreaux does best. And for that reason, we'll see what ends up happening. Um, But as a name, he is a big name, and he's definitely going to get thrown out there. But I would caution it with that in saying that I don't know how likely it is because of who he is and what the Leafs need. I don't know if the fit is necessarily uh, as perfect as it seems. But... uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Again, we will see what the Leafs end up doing. Clearly, I don't think they're going to make a, a decision in the next couple of days. They'll probably wait until the offseason to, to make a decision and see if maybe something happens um, with whatever happens in the rest of the playoffs or they want to go ahead and, and interview some guys, have some more conversations with people around the league. Um, I don't know. Oh, another name, actually, that I wanted to mention quickly is uh, Dave Cameron. And the only reason why I want to mention Dave Cameron's name is because he he was on the staff of Paul McClain back in the day. So when I talk about potentially 
talking to people around the league to get uh, feelers for what other coaches are like. I think that Dave Cameron has like a direct uh, link with Paul McClain and potentially McClain will be able to kind of pump his tires a little bit and, and get him in and back on uh, on an NHL bench. So that was that was another another name that I wanted to throw out here. But like I said, um, they could potentially go way off base, go with a name that no one's ever heard of. And honestly, that would be very Maple Leafs of them. I mean, Sheldon Keefe, although the Maple Leafs knew that that was kind of the move, he wasn't necessarily a name that was being discussed and talked about uh, around the NHL as like, oh, this is a coaching prodigy. You know, the Leafs do things that are, are somewhat different than other teams. And whether that means that uh, they go and get... Uh, let me see, actually, who is the head coach of the Sioux Greyhounds? Because that's also... <laughs> always seems to be the first thing that people should check. I should have really checked that out. Let me see the Sioux Greyhounds head coaches and see what his... How long he's been a coach and if he's potentially an option here for the Maple Leafs, which, I mean, he could be technically if he's been in the... the so, John Dean... John Dean is the head coach right now of the Sioux Greyhounds. And if you're wondering why you're bringing up the Sioux Greyhounds, what does that have to do with the Maple Leafs? Um, well, if you're somewhat new to Leafs Nation, uh, the the old joke is that like the Maple Leafs are and Kyle Dubas is essentially, uh, who's a former general manager of the Sioux Greyhounds, basically are just trying to um, to remake or they call like the Leafs like the Sioux of the South essentially just trying to, to take all the Sioux Greyhounds and turn them into studs in the NHL so John Dean who is currently the the head coach over there eh, maybe he could be uh, an option here for the Toronto Maple Leafs and for Sheldon Keefe's staff I'm sure once again that uh, Kyle Dubas has some ties and has had some words with John Dean in the past and maybe that would be uh, maybe that would be something that they could look into. Uh, but like I said, I'm not sure if any of these names will end up being the next head coach. These are just some guys who I thought uh, would be good fits and could potentially um, could potentially be the next head coach. Not exactly sure when they're going to announce uh, who you know is going to replace Hackstall as as the assistant on the bench but I'm sure it won't be too too long before we find that out all right that's to do it for me here today on the podcast I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to the locked on these podcasts wherever you get your podcast from and receive daily leaves content follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck follow the show at locked on leaves I'll be back with another episode on Monday enjoy the weekend guys enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs but until then keep it locked right here on locked on leaves